Hello everyone, and welcome back to My First Mon. I'm one of your hosts, Jack Martin, alongside the Pokemon Master, Christian Buckley. Hello, Jack. I'm happy to be here. Uh, this th I'm excited for this one, because it's a chill episode talking about this experience. One of my favorite things that I've experienced this year. Yeah, it's, it's very chill. We did the first gym of uh, Kanto. Was it Vermilion or Viridian? We'll never know. And it took us real quick to do it, and we're basically just gonna. This episode is gonna basically just serve as like a retrospective of uh, both of our journeys to this point through Gen Two through Crystal. Um, so yeah, it's it's set to be a fun, relaxed one. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of Podcast Beyond when they used to do the fireside chats. Sure, you remember that? Mm -hmm. Greg Miller would be out, or someone would be out, and they would just kind of goof off. <laughs> so this reminds me of that. Mm -hmm. um, but this is not. The number one, the world's number one PlayStation podcast. This is my first mon, and if you don't know, I never played a Pokemon game. So last year, under Christian's guidance, I played through Pokemon Blue, and he played through Pokemon Red to sort of jog his memory, and he guided me through that experience. Uh, this season, however, we both ran through Pokemon Crystal, and each episode was dedicated to a particular gym. Like I said earlier, this episode is going to be somewhat different. We're going to cover one of the gyms from Kanto. And then we're also just going to sort of reflect on our experience with this game. The show releases every Monday. You can find it on podcast services like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can find the video version on YouTube. You can also get involved with the show by submitting fan art to myfirstmon at gmail.com. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Leaving a five-star rating and review helps us out a ton. And you can also head over to JoyClicks on YouTube getting very close to that 2000 sub mark i think christian we're around the 1.89 mm -hmm. mark last i checked yes. so we're steadily increasing mm -hmm. as we go so that's nice um while you're over there on youtube you can give us advice or corrections in the youtube comments and we can feature you in our trainer tips segment that christian will get to momentarily but finally you can support us over on patreon.com slash the $1 level will get you early access to episodes, so on Saturdays you'll get the episodes instead of Mondays. The $2 level, you will be able to name my Pokemon at my party. And at the $5 level, you can get producer credit, just like our producer, Chris Sakas. Chris, thank you very much. Now, Christian, before we even get into the trainer tips segment, a little spin right now. Okay. Should we, since we're at the beginning of the show, mm -hmm. should we... Tell the faithful audience what our plans are for the future of this here program. Sure. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to say we should do it early as well. But uh, yeah, why don't we just do it now? Because we, we put it out there last week during the episode. We said, hey, community, Joe Quicks Trainers, um, what do you want to see us do? The options are run through Kanto again for the second time within two seasons or... Um, sort of wrap up the season of the show to do what we have to do and then get into pokemon emerald and the overwhelming majority of the comments were basically saying hey if you're if you guys are ready just do emerald <laughs> so as of right now the plan is to wrap up my first mon crystal version with this here episode today get it all out there figure out what we have to do what we have to leave dead and buried in the johto region take a couple weeks off uh figure everything out logistically for the new season get new assets get new art for stuff like that 
figure out the release schedule recording times, but we will absolutely be continuing my first mon with a third season of us playing through Pokemon Emerald. Yeah, we have no set date as to when it will continue, mm -hmm. um, but you can imagine the format will be probably similar, if not exactly the same as what we've been doing yes. the past two seasons. Uh, we might do like a few shakeups here and there. We'll we'll discuss it, and if you have any suggestions as well, you can leave those um, for what we did for this season. We added the gameplay to some of the gyms and some of the encounters I ran into. Mm -hmm. um, so if you like that, let us know if you like that. If you didn't, or if there's anything you would um, like us to change about the format of the show, please go ahead, leave it in the comments. Um, but you can also expect this show to continue. I would say definitely before the end of the year yes We're planning on it before then mm -hmm. um hopefully within a month or so yeah um tops i would say but you'll definitely see the show very soon so keep an eye out on podcast services and of course um on youtube and our twitter at joy clicks mm -hmm. um, um so yeah i'll add this as well i was also thinking of making like a, a google doc to put maybe in the link of this episode on YouTube just to, for feedback of like, hey, uh, any specific comments, any specific things uh, as far as the patrons and Patreon are concerned, um, any modifications to tiers, things like that, things you'd like to see added or see more from us or have added to the show just for a more direct route to feedback, have it all organized. So uh, there is most likely a link to a Google Doc in the comment in the description of this youtube video and for listeners you can get that on youtube.com slash joyclicks or at joyclicks on twitter i'll have a i'll probably pin it on the the twitter account so perfect yeah that would be great i think we definitely took like some of some of all your advice from the first season and it the jump from season one to two was quite mighty uh yeah so you won't have to wait that long for for gen three um which is nice. And then we'll also like incorporate your feedback into the, the formatting of the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it, we're, we're both really excited for it. I've heard a lot of people express their love for Emerald specifically. Mm -hmm. So happy to jump into it. Yeah, Emerald is one I'm very excited to play again. Because the last time I played that gen was the remake, Alpha Sapphire. And that's when I got my 3DS. So it's been a minute. Love that generation. Have a lot more to say about that generation than <laughs> Gen 2. So uh <laughs> expect a lot of that but mm -hmm. um definitely gonna be a positive season yeah i imagine for sure so uh but before we get there christian you want to hit us with some trainer tips sure one last time for this season angarl has your current party the the champion party um typhlosion fire graveler ground and rock victory bell grass and poison machoke fighting suicune water quagsire ground and water um, and Angarl, as well as a few others, made it very clear, correcting what I was confused on with the Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan, Hitmontop. Tyrogue is the baby Pokemon that will evolve into either Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan, or Hitmontop, depending on what stat you prioritize. So either it's attack, defense, or special attack, I think, are the three that um will... Sorry, uh, hold on. Attack and defense, defense, and attack. Def depending on like which one you prioritize, will, that will net you the evolution of one of those three. Interesting. That is, I think, the most unique way of evolving a Pokemon that I've encountered. Yeah, I, I would say it's 
It's probably above the friendship one, because the friendship one is like, it's a weird hidden stat, but this one is like, you have agency in it, <laughs> and it's like, never really outlined that way, as far as I'm aware. Um, TS Phoenix comes in, talking a little bit about uh, Crystal, again, giving some input on the Kanto side of things. Uh, so they, they point out that maybe Christian should provide a little guidance on term in terms of one specific thing that is you should probably see in Crystal, but um, it was also suggested that at some point, continuing on this show, maybe we get to Soul Silver and Heart Gold, the remakes of Gen 2, which would also include a a DS higher level remake of Kanto. And that might be the better way to experience Kanto again. Because the thing is, we're so fresh off of Kanto right now, uh, from season one, that getting through a, another gen or two and then being able to see Kanto in the full DS glory, it's I feel like it'll be much more impactful than what we are going to get to today. Yeah, it's not to say that right now we're like sick and tired of Gen 2, but like, we play. I feel like we played through the whole game, and then we were like, okay. <laughs> For me, at least, I was like, oh, I got a whole another eight gems left. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting. Like, was it Angarl who suggested that? What you were saying, like, go back in Soul Silver. Someone in the comments did that. Probably yes, yeah. Angarl brought up that we should probably just move on to Gen three, and then once we get to the remakes, which were released during Gen four, um, that might be a good time to experience Kanto again. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good idea, because like what you were saying, it would it would be like sort of a fresh spin on what we've already gone through, but, you know, a little, di little some differences here and there, and I imagine some gameplay improvements and, and stuff like that. Definitely. So, look forward to that. Uh, TS Phoenix also dropped some more content for you to consume, Jack, uh, saying, mm -hmm. if Lance was your favorite character, I recommend checking out Pokemon Generations Episode 4. It's about four minutes and on the official Pokemon YouTube channel. Uh, episodes five and six are also about gold silver and crystal so very cool you know i saw that thank you ts uh phoenix i saw your comment i should have done that in preparation for this episode i did not mm -hmm. <laughs> um but i will probably do that nice so because i assume since they were talking about that it's probably has something to do with lance mm -hmm. yeah i would so assume so, I, so. I hope i hope that doesn't I hope that improves or sort of like meets my expectations of Lance and it isn't some like weird depiction of the character that I picture in my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you read a book and then you see it in live action or something, it's like, oh no, <laughs> that's not a, that's not what I thought. That was uh, the Percy Jackson movie for me. Mm, yeah, they, they royally screwed that movie up, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, that's unfortunate. Alistair McClellan shouted out the Sprout Tower, saying that you should just retire there. Maybe this version of Jack, you know, after everything's said and done, you know, some may call him Ethan, but he is called Jack. Maybe Jack retires as the champion and resides in the Sprout Tower with all the Bell Sprouts. Yeah, absolutely. I loved this comment. I think I replied to them saying, like, I'm ready to commit myself to, to the way of the Bell Sprout. <laughs> um, as someone who grew up, like, <laughs> going to, like... 12 years of catholic school i am i am ready to adopt the uh, the monk-like status yeah of the bell sprout monks so for sure i'm prepared uh juggernaut 577 and definitely not pedro both have some clarifications on some typings uh clefairy and jigglypuff are normal and eventually they became fairy 
this is something I will never learn. Listeners, I promise you, you know what? Honestly, even even if during an episode I say, correct me on this, you don't have to. Because I'm never going to learn that. <laughs> I'm never going to It's learn. weird that they like add types. Like, oh yeah, I guess all of a sudden they're fairy now. You know? Yeah. Like, as well as normal. Yeah. Uh, which like makes sense if they introduce a new type down the line. It's like, well, this one just makes perfect sense. It's like, okay. But like, for some reason in my head, I always associate pink pokemon with psychic i mm. don't know why uh, but well slowpoke right yeah slowpoke um in certain gens with like color the the tag for each typing is colored and the tag for psychic is more often than not pink so um mm. you know jigglypuff man jigglypuff clefairy those are like the pink pokemon and slowpoke of mm. course um but Definitely not Pedro also mentioned the curse only having an effect when it's used by a ghost type Pokemon. When ghost is used by a non-ghost type, it raises both the attack and defense stat and lowers speed. So um, there is a strategy again. There's a, there's a benefit to using curse, but it, it is very much specific to a certain build. Uh, yeah, that seems like it might be more useful in like trainer versus trainer battles like real people fighting with pokemon Mm -hmm. um so far i've always been like gee thanks (laughs) so yeah um and to wrap things up we have two comments specifically about the game boy hardware um considering you're on an emulator it might be a little tricky to transfer your saves according to angarl uh, and more specifically, your Pokemon, even more specifically, your Shiny Victory Bell, because the way Shinies are handled may not transfer to the code of the Game Boy Advance games like Emerald. Mm. So there's a chance, even if we did this, your Victory Bell would no longer be Shiny. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. Is that a risk that's like That's take? like undergoing an operation and being like, oh, sorry, like... Something happened and you're not exactly the same anymore. <laughs> that it's like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's you don't have to have something set in stone yet, but that's something to keep in mind between uh, season two and season three. Um, yeah. So far, I will say, like the idea of trans transferring Pokemon over is cool in theory to just sort of keep your party, but I do like starting fresh. Yeah. In a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I think that's a good call, especially. Mm-hmm. We, we'll get to this when we do our preview episode for Gen 3, but, like, there, out the gate, there's a lot more new stuff. So, like, you're going to be having a lot of new Pokemon at your disposal. Yeah. Um, and then, wrapping up Trainer Tips for the week, Angarl gives a little more insight into the Satoru Awada story that I briefly mentioned last week. So, in terms of Kanto and the same cartridge, Game Freak actually couldn't fit the Johto region along with both the original 151 and new 100 Pokemon onto the gold and silver cartridge. This led them to try and figure out a way to fit all of the game on an old 8-bit Game Boy cartridge. Then The then president of Nintendo, Satoru Iwata, RIP, uh, invented a new compression format to help that not only allowed them to fit the new game on the cartridge, but there was enough room left over so they could even fit Kanto on the cartridge. The new compression format was what led to such a giant surge in portable technology not just for Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, but also industry-wide, eventually affecting companies like Nokia, allowing them to fit multiple software in the memory chips, giving us text messages on and games on phones. 
So in the long run, gold and silver are the reason we now have things like tablets, tablets and smartphones. Wow. That's, I didn't know that stuff. That's wild. That's huge. Yeah. Just because it's compression. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the geniuses over at Game Freak and Nintendo, of course. Yeah. With Iwata. So that's, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Great comment. So if anything, that you now have a piece of history under your under your belt with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, lots of other insight too. Lots of great, interesting um, corrections on moves and all that sort of thing. So thank you as always to the, the regulars. We always see you in the comments and appreciate everything. So yeah, definitely, definitely. So Christian, yes, let's do somewhat of a, an abridged recap of of the last gameplay that we had, sure, because it wasn't all too exciting. Um, I'll hit you with the party, <laughs> real quick. Um, we got a level forty four Typhlosion, a level thirty six Graveler, uh, a level thirty nine Quagsire, a level thirty nine Victory Bell, a level thirty one Muscle, and a level forty three Suicune. Um, eventually, I take, let's say, Quagsire out for Bellsprout when I go um, to the gym. Mm-hmm. So, that's where that is. Quick. This is my old Bellsprout, so I have, like, who has, like, cut and, like, oh, okay. some HMs. Yeah, because I need cut at some point. So, quick aside, um... Earlier this week, there was a new Pokemon presentation about the DLC for Sword and Shield, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm already locked in because I bought the expansion pass for the, the last one. So I hopped back in to get a spe- like a gift Pokemon, and I was like, you know what? I might as well like run around a little bit and level up my Heracross in that game, which uh, I also ended up naming Jim. Jin, not Jim. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was in like this marshland area, and there were a ton of quagsires. And let me tell you, I killed all of them. <laughs> wow. No the murder of quagsires. No regrets. I got Jin to be a beefy boy. He's up there. He's close to level 70 now. And uh, <laughs> that, that just felt good. You went into the Jedi Temple and slaughtered all the younglings. Yeah. essentially what you just did. I mean, hey, if all the younglings looked like quagsire on their dumb faces, I wouldn't feel as bad about it. <laughs> That's fair. So, but please, Sir, please Quagsire is, is no... Uh, Wooper. Oh no! I saw Wooper. I left Wooper alone. I did not approach Wooper. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. Now I realized recently because like sprites and stuff, they're not all super, you know, depictive. I suppose descriptive. Yeah. Wooper has no arms. <laughs> yeah, Wooper does not have arms. That's funny to me. Yeah, it took like, me so long to realize. It's like a fish, right? Fish don't have fins when they're little, little guppies. The thing about Wooper is, I don't really know what it is. It's a water thing. It is definitely a water thing. Yeah. But I wouldn't call Wooper like a fish. Well, it's like a frog, kind of. Don't you dare say that. You know me. <laughs> you know my thing against frogs. I kicked Dora out of my Animal Crossing village as soon as I realized she was a frog in disguise. I'm looking up as Quagsire a frog. You uh, think Quagsire's a frog? I mean, what else is it? I don't know. It's slimy. Trainers out there, <laughs> if you have any information saying that Wooper or Quagsire is a frog, don't leave it in the comments. <laughs> that will ruin everything. That will ruin everything for me. Okay. Oh, um, this makes sense. Okay. So according to a Tumblr, it's a giant salamander. 
I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, can apply to the Hellbender of the Eastern United States. Quagsire is clearly based on the mutually closely related Chinese and Japanese species. Hellbender? Yeah. Hellbender. That's a thing. Apparently, Hellbender Salamander. Yep, that's a thing. That's really cool. So, that's really cool. There you go. That's It's not a frog. You can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> Good. <laughs> now, thanks for checking that. Now, um, basically what we do here in this playthrough is take the SS Aqua, I think it's called, from Olivine City to Vermilion City. And I did write down Vermilion City. Nice. So that's what it is. Um, nothing particularly interesting on uh, the SS. Did you encounter anything super interesting? Because I didn't it, think it, anything was. It's it's kind of like how the SSN was. Like, there's a couple people you can talk to and fight, but like, that's really it. Yeah, yeah. Basically, just a bridge to get you to Kanto. Mm -hmm. um, and we do, and immediately I just do the gym. I like I, I went around a little bit. I saw Snorlax up in the right. Mm -hmm. So probably gotta find something. Yeah, you remember what you used? Poke flute. Yeah, which was from Lavender Town. Or... Yes, yes, Lavender Town okay. at the top of the tower, I believe. Uh, Mister mm. Fuji had it. Yes, I was thinking either Lavender Town or the big city, Cerulean Silfco? City. Well, the was the building Silfco? was Silfco, and it was in um. Uh, the middle city the one that's in like oh saffron yeah is that what you're talking about no i was thinking you know how like the the part in gen one where you go to lavender town but you can also go left and up um and there's the big the the big mart with like the multi-level oh sell it on yeah okay sell it on yeah yeah so that's what i was thinking but i think yeah you're right i think it was in lavender town mm -hmm. but yeah so lieutenant surge is back here mm-hmm um, and we were discussing Lieutenant Surge earlier this season, um, talking about some, some of the similarities between him and um, uh, Price, who was the uh, Ice Pokemon leader. Right. Wow. And we, yeah. <laughs> I just realized Price is the Ice Gym leader. Come on. Mm. Come on, Game Freak. Mm. Come on. <laughs> Pokemon and their goddamn puns <laughs> and rhymes and shit. Fine. <laughs> that's that's all well and good. I guess this game is made for kids, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Here we are, 23-year-olds <laughs> playing it. Yeah. Regardless. Um, Lieutenant Surge is, in fact, still in his war garb, mm -hmm. considering this is in color, and I saw him, like, pull out to battle, and he was wearing, like, these green, um, like, was it olive drabs? Is yes, what they're called, I also I played Metal Gear Solid Five. Yes, that is it. <laughs> yeah, he was wearing those, so I was like, "Oh, well, he's still wearing his uniform." Mm -hmm. um, he's like Drake or Josh's grandfather in that one episode. <laughs> sure, that's what he's like. Yeah, war's over, man. In war's interesting over. though. Remember this uh, puzzle? Gen One was a pain in the ass. Yeah, totally unlocked. Yeah, <laughs> I think the uh, the dude in the front was like. Hey, you're you're in luck. Like this whole puzzle thing with all the trash cans. Yeah, that's not a thing anymore. You can just kind of go and yeah. do it. Sounds like very cool. generous. Very generous. So he has a few people in his party. Mm -hmm. Pokemon, I should say. He pulls at a Raichu first. Um, who, 
And uh, the first of my party is Graveler. Okay. Because I have the ground advantage over electric. Smart. Is that correct? I think right? so. It's it's ground or rock is one of them. Yeah. Uh, so Raichu's using quick attack. I use dig. Uses quick attack again. I use magnitude. And that's done. So two hits. No issue. Then it pulls out magneton. And I face some issue here, not because it's particularly challenging, just because it keeps using double team mm. to, like, sort of beef up its evasion. Yeah. So I just miss all the time. I'm, like, using Dig a couple times, and I'm missing. Using uh, Magneton, and I'm missing. Um, And then, yeah, I eventually pull out, like, Victory Bell, and I'm like, Victory Bell's not even working. I pull a Quagsire. Can't hit anything. But then I finally throw an Earthquake on it, and I get nice. it in one hit. Because Earthquake, super powerful. Yeah, um... I also, I, I saw this as well, uh, worth shouting out specifically for Earthquake in the future. Um, we talked last week about how Earthquake would hit if a Pokemon is underground. Um, mm. I believe it was definitely not Pedro mentioned that if you use Earthquake on a Pokemon that is in the middle of a dig phase, it will deal double damage. Ooh, interesting. So maybe use that as a strategy in the future. Hmm, that's good to know. Yeah. It's definitely good to know. Um... And then uh, Surge pulls out a Electrode. I have Graveler back out. It's using Double Team, and again, I face some issues with Dig. I miss using Double Team again. So then I pull out Quagsire, and I'm like, I see where this is heading. <laughs> um, a bunch of more Double Teams, and then I use Earthquake, and I get it in one hit. And then another Electrode. Same thing happens. More Double Team, Earthquake, one hit. Um... So, what's the evolution family of Electrobuzz? So, Electrobuzz um, is a returning Gen 1 Pokemon. Um, and in Gen 2, it only has two evolutions because they introduce a baby Pokemon. Because um, in Gen 1, there's like, you know, sometimes there's certain Pokemon that like have a pairing almost. Like, they're not directly related, but they fill a similar slot to a certain How's extent. That? Like, I'm trying to think of another way to describe it. Besides the one I'm about to give you, um, I guess like uh, Hypno and Alakazam, maybe. Like they they mm -hmm. both have a similar vibe to them. They fill similar slots, kind of. I see. Audition and Bellsprout. There you go. Okay. So, a different typing, but go with me. In Gen One, there was Electabuzz and. Um, Magmar. So mm -hmm. Magmar, of course, being the duck that's made of fire, and then Electabuzz being the one you, that Surge had. But in Gen 2, with the introduction of baby Pokemon, both of them got baby forms. Magby for Magmar, which you ran into during your playthrough. Yeah, I got I got that from an egg from the mm -hmm. uh, daycare. Yep. And then for Electabuzz, it is Elekid, which... Hmm looks like an egg with the prongs of a plug for ears interesting yeah i always like i always like the electabuzz i think he's a cool pokemon um mm -hmm. i've used him a couple times but yeah yeah um they use quick attack i use earthquake in one hit so that is lieutenant surge and i get the thunder badge nice Congrats. but that was effectively the playthrough thank you that was effectively the playthrough that we both did mm -hmm. um considering that we sort of wanted this to more be a 
a retrospective and us just sort of re- reflecting on our experience with Crystal. Mm-hmm. So I guess we could start at sort of comparisons to Gen 1. Like, from for, from your perspective as the Pokemon Master, um, you skipped out on this one, right? Is that correct? Yes, it wasn't by choice. It was mm-hmm. just kind of the ignorance of a child and my parents didn't know that there was a new pokemon game um yeah you were too busy playing star wars episode 3 on ps2 exactly or i think more accurately at this time it would have been spider-man by neversoft on the ps1 oh definitely did um but yeah um I, i i didn't play gen 2 i played red and yellow on my game boy as a child and then i upgraded i think to fire red so basically the same game just the remake for game boy and then after that i played emerald and then i played pearl and platinum and then when the remakes came out i finally played gen 2 okay so so you you have a bit of more of a different perspective than your average pokemon player who if they picked up gen 1 probably carried through to the most current gen playing each one successively Yes. So, so you went back to this one, and and the future games probably had affected your perspective about this game somewhat. To an extent, yes. But at the same time, like my first experience with it with this gen was the remake of it. So I I was experiencing mm-hmm. like the characters and the new Pokemon designs. Well, they weren't new because I've seen them before, but like the Pokemon designs. Uh, the gyms, the the two regions, I experienced that with the quality of life improvements that the series has had up to Gen 4. So, like, I, I feel like I played Gen 2 in the best way possible when I played it, and I really liked it. Soul Silver is one of my favorite Pokemon games, but I still think in terms of a generation of Pokemon, it's still pretty weak to me. So, yeah. I personally, like, as a newcomer, I liked it. But as I've been saying, like, throughout the show, it felt more of the same from Gen 1, which, like, which is fine. And to sort of echo what you've been saying throughout the show as well, like, they didn't really make this as new a game as I think they should have. Like, all of the new additions in terms of Pokemon were sort of sparse until like midway point through the game and even more so like through the end of the game and then even when i was running into kanto there was even more stuff that i hadn't seen Mm -hmm. so i i wish like to a certain extent it was nice seeing like something i was familiar with like all the pokemon i i had known from gen one but i think i also kind of missed out on this being like a super fresh experience that i was sort of expecting for the sequel to red and blue yeah, and I think that's entirely fair because I think specifically with the game, right, with Pokemon Crystal, it feels like it's Pokemon 1.5. Yeah. Do you think that's fair? I think that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Like, there's new Pokemon and there's a new region, but it still kind of feels samey mm-hmm. to an extent. It's the same hardware. There's only so much you can do with the Game Boy, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's less of an innovation as it is an iteration with a lot of stuff in it you know so like i think on that level it's like okay you got the experience of the game boy right that is the pokemon experience for the first 
like years it's it's like primitive years it's this you know mm -hmm. um and i can again i can guarantee you i'm gonna say it as many times as i can before we start emerald gen 3 is that leap emerald is that leap for sure that's um, exciting yeah so my first question i guess is difficulty because in gen 1 we saw there were areas specifically dungeons that gave you difficulty more than specific fights mm -hmm. now yeah. looking back on season two i can't think of a key moment that sticks out to me the way like rock tunnel did in um <laughs> gen one so do you think that in terms of difficulty hardness uh frustration levels do you think gen 2 is different than gen 1 in that way do you think it's just an issue an instance of hey they just smoothed out some of the kinks like where's your head at there i think so overall this wasn't as hard mm -hmm. for me but i think overall like it's not a less hard game it's just that i played it differently like i picked up on some of the typing that i learned from gen 1 i had like I mentioned, like, earlier on in the show, I had, like, this um, chart of, like, strengths and weaknesses. So, like, if I ran up to a Pokemon and be like, oh, this is a X-type Pokemon, what's it weak against? I would pull out that type, or if I had it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was playing the game differently. And I think Pokemon is a series that requires knowledge beyond what the game tells you. Yes. Like, it, like they do tell you enough to get it, right? Like, you'll run into people around the world and they'll tell you like oh use pokemon type to your advantages um you kind of have to learn that organically and they don't do the best job of doing it so i think it's one of those instances where people will look to the internet and guides mm -hmm. um it's like the guide i was using like the chart i was mentioning that's a really useful tool to help you like succeed in this game yeah like it's not gonna like have you win every fight because i did um blackout mostly against whitney i think that was like the kind of key standout that was like the one super difficult part mm -hmm. for me in this game but i think it was just a matter of playing the game differently and like knowing how to defeat certain pokemon yeah i, I think that's fair because like yes it was a year ago but your experience with gen one is still recent ish and you you understand the hard lessons that you had to to like get broken into the series and i think with the improvements gen 2 makes because i do think there are improvements in terms of streamlining like uh dungeon design there's less caves that are super confusing like there's still caves but it's not to the extent of some of those dungeons in red and blue so i think on that level between the streamlining and you knowing what to expect, what to look out for, I think that's probably why there weren't as many huge walls for you to get over that weren't um, a Pokemon fight. Yeah, also, like, in terms of improvements, the the one that kind of stands out to me is... There's a couple. There's... It, it, overall, I think it's just, like, ease of use is better, and, like, it's more user-friendly in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, the inventory is divided, so not everything is in one inventory list. Yeah. That was nice. Um, not 
not hotkeying, but like walking up to something that you need to use an HM with, and you can just click it, and then whichever Pokemon has that HM will just use it instead of going through like all your Pokemon and like throwing out that HM. Like that saves a little bit of time. Yeah. So that's nice. Though the one sort of like overall improvement that I that I want with Pokemon games is just to speed up the action that's happening. Yeah. Because I find that it's really slow. Um, well, I'm sorry. That never happens. <laughs> we never <laughs> There's get no that. times two button. I mean, on an emulator, mm. there is, but that messes with the footage recording. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I won't do that. Yeah. Do but, that. like, hey, honestly, if, if there were ever areas of frustration that wasn't something you would be recording b-roll for and you just wanted to be like okay i know what's going to happen here i'm just going through the motions that's probably an Mm -hmm. okay time to do it but like it's true that's that's the benefit of emulation where yeah it's weird because there's a ton especially recently there's a ton of other jrpgs i have played that let you fast forward or like auto battle even within the nintendo staple like fire emblem Let's you fast forward battle animations. Um, granted, I believe you can turn battle animations off in Sword and Shield. Uh, they're not really that complex anyway, so I don't know how much time you'd be saving. But in terms of, yes, fast forward button to hold down, like other RPGs have, Pokemon never gets that. Is that just a me issue, or do a lot of players find that the pace of the game is kind of slow like navigating menus even like joining in a fight yeah like from like you joining it till the sprite comes on screen is just like all right let's speed this up yeah um that has been my least favorite thing about playing gen 1 and gen 2 again is Mm. it is slow um I, i think part of that is because the game boy screen can only fit so many characters so with the text boxes in terms of like what you just said about battle starting there's information you have to put on there like this person is about to throw out this pokemon we switch like that can't fit on one box right Mm -hmm. game boy advance they can fit that in like one or two so it's i'd say the overall interface the ui of things in gen 3 speeds up a bit and in later pokemon games it becomes a bit more concise but yeah, if anything, the Game Boy games, even last year, man, like, getting back into it, I was like, man, this is slow. <laughs> like, whole. Yeah, so. Well, at least I'm not the only one. Yeah, you you are definitely not alone on that, especially in the year 2020. Yeah. So. Um, what other thoughts we have on, on Crystal? Um, is there a... What's your favorite Gen 2 Pokemon that you saw? Wooper. Wooper. Like, not even close. Yeah, I don't like, know why I asked you that. <laughs> To, well, it's a good question because there are a lot of cool ones. Like, yeah. like Suicune, I, I I fell in love with at the end. Um, you know, there there was a and of course uh, Cyndaquil and the whole line of Cyndaquil was great. Yeah. Um, if I would have to do it again, I would probably choose. Um, what's for alligators first? Eva? Totodile, my boy. Yeah, I'd probably choose Totodile. Like. Sim- like I loved the choice, similar how I said this about Gen One with Squirtle. Mm-hmm. I love Cyndaquil. If I had to choose, I would do Totodile. Okay. Um, but yeah, overall, I think Wooper 
is just the most adorable. I think a lot of that was Wooper just showing up in the very beginning. And I was like, whoa, what is this thing? Like, it's it totally foreign to what I'd seen before. So, yeah. what about you? Who's your favorite in this gen? Oh, it's easily Heracross. Heracross is my second, yeah, my second favorite Pokemon ever. It's Slowpoke, oh. and then, like, slightly beneath it, it's Heracross. And then a couple down is, like, Lugia. Those are probably my top three. Mm. Oh, Lugia is the one I could have caught in World Islands, right? Yes, Lugia is the box legendary for Silver and Soul Silver, And Lugia, I think, is my favorite legendary. Wow. So, Gen 2 has that, at least. They have a lot of my favorite Pokemon designs. Yeah. But... Yeah, Wooper is definitely, like... Whenever I get a uh, some sort of stuffed Pokemon, it will be Wooper. Nice. And Squirtle. And Bellsprout, maybe? Doesn't... I gotta say, Bellsprout isn't, like, the most ap- appealing <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, man, I love Bellsprout. So, y- you brought up uh, going to water again. Or, like, looking back, you would have gone water. And similar to how looking back on Gen 1, you would have done fire. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a case of grass is greener, or do you think that's just of like where your attention was drawn this playthrough with like really relying on Wooper and Quagsire for the water moves? Like, do you think that was a carryover of Squirtle and Blastoise, or do you think that was a uh, just like it benefited you during the time you were using it and that you didn't need Cyndaquil as much? Like, do you think there's anything there outside of just like, oh, sure, if I did it again, I would do the other thing? Um, I was trying to think of a pun for your grass is greener because I don't like the grass types that are offered. Uh, couldn't think of one. Not too witty. Mm-hmm. But I I think it was more of a case of like, if I had to do this again, it would be interesting to use those Pokemon. Sure. I really, like like I said, I liked my starters that I chose. Like I have no regrets choosing them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like to say, like if I was given another option, I would have gone that route. But I'm glad I chose what i chose both gens mm-hmm. i'm interested to see the starters i'm always very interested so i don't look up the starters before i start playing i don't with anything really of any uh pokemon gens I, I like i like to go in fresh so interested to see what emerald will be i imagine it's water fire grass i think it's always like that yeah because th- like that's the most basic um form of like so something is stronger than the other so yeah considering pokemon is like introductory jrpg they never really go away from that ever true so yeah that's that's good and like for newcomers that's easy to understand too it's not like oh here's this dark pokemon versus like the psychic pokemon be like what does that mean yeah um for curiosity i i think i don't think there was a way i could have asked you this with gen one but i think i can now and maybe in the future we revisit this topic but do you think you're starting to have a favorite type yet mm. that's a good question mm-hmm. i think i have like a favorite set of types okay let's hear let's hear the the favorites let's see, hear the pool so i i like the basic starters like i will always have a grass uh, fighter i'll always have a water pokemon i'll always have a fire pokemon okay um ground and rock has turned out to be very useful like graveler was super useful in in this gen 
like Doug Trio was last gen. Mostly yeah. because of Dig. Dig comes in pretty hard. Very nice. Yeah. And I think that's that's like those are the staples and then like I'll I'll have some like other types running through as well. That's honestly that's very interesting to me as someone who again has been playing forever like rocking ground I never really mess with like ever but I love poison pokemon. Like I don't think they're my mm. fa- that's my favorite but like yes I'll have always a fire and a water cuz I I love that clearly. But Poison and like Poison Psychic Dark are like some like the three that aren't the main elementals probably will usually be in those categories for me. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, that well, for me, Weeping Bell or um, Victory Bell fulfills Grass and Poison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll say I do like the dual type Pokemon. Like I know they're yeah. double as strong, double as weak potentially, but yeah. I like having that option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's convenient if you can just be aware of that. It's very helpful. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, hearing your fondness for rock and ground is super cool because I don't think I've met many people that love having that type on their team, which is pretty cool. You know, this is probably almost certainly unintentional, mm-hmm. but I seem to be accounting for the the elements in avatar the last airbender save hey. for air what would air well air would be like flying i guess there's some cool flying types in gen 3 okay cool so i've never that. really gone with flying all that much yeah you never got big with the birds honestly i feel like if in gen 1 you found fly you would have been a, an, a flying type guy because fly Maybe. is a pretty strong attack for an hm yeah, the funny thing is, birds, my favorite type of animal in real life. Okay. Love birds. Okay. They can fly. That's incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really use them all that much in my Pokemon games. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So, um, yeah, I guess we covered typings, we covered specific Pokemon. Was there a standout gym or a fight? Whitney. Whitney, yeah. 100%. Whitney was a wall (laughs) and it was it was the one gym where i was like oh boy (laughs) i need to do something about this one because i don't have anything i knew like going into it that fighting would have been the advantage and i didn't have a fighting pokemon and i was like i'll just you know brute force my way through this and mil mil tank was having no part of that and said no you're not allowed to do that so that was very difficult Mm-hmm. That was very difficult. What about you? Like, do you, do you think there was a gym that like stood out to you more? Not even on its difficulty, just on like presentation, I suppose. Uh, if we're talking presentation, I hate the ice gym. Mm, just... That's Claire, isn't it? Oh wait, that was another no, price. That's price, yeah. Hate. Oh yeah, gym. you don't like the slippery, slidey stuff. No, hate that. Hate that so much. You know what's even worse than that is the lead up to that gym. You'd have you have to go through the ice cave. Mm-hmm. That took forever for me to like figure out. Yeah. Let me tell you, it took me a while too. <laughs> <laughs> you have to like dump all the rocks down the holes. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like yeah. the fact that it's combined of an ice floor and a strength puzzle. Oh, yeah. 
I hate yeah, it. Yeah, because you, if you don't have strength, you have to, like, go back to a Pokemon Center and pull out, like, a Pokemon who can have that. Yeah, it, that was annoying. See, because, like, strength puzzles in general, I never really like because it's a lot of going between floors of caves and then just having to push things, and you're already in the cave and, like, having to go through all these paths, so you're going to have a lot of Zubats or random encounters, mm. which is annoying when you're just trying to do a puzzle. And if you get it wrong... You fall down in the wrong hole, and then you stay on the ice, and you only have one direction you can go. Yeah. <laughs> Kinda sucks. Not fun. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, we, we, we didn't really experience legendaries much this generation, right? Like, there was the, the dogs, yeah. the beasts, but... What's what's your pulse there, in terms of the legendaries? Because um, revisiting this, specifically with Crystal, I was kind of surprised that the legendaries don't have a big presence in the story as much as I thought they did. Yeah, so last gen was Arcticuno, um, Ariados? Zapdos or and Moltres. Zapdos and then Moltres. Mm -hmm. Moltres was, I think, the only one I used. Right, the fire chicken. Yeah, the fire chicken, yeah. Moltres came in pretty clutch. I know you didn't like Moltres, but no, God, I hate it. You see, oh, Came in it. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. I know, this is not Gen Two, but have you seen this? Uh, the new versions of the birds they're putting in Sword and Shield. I have not. I don't know if I want to show you those, but man, it made me like Moltres. <laughs> okay. So interesting. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, yeah, the legendaries this go around like, I didn't encounter any. I don't think. Just we can. Okay, so Suicune was a legendary. Yes. So, here's the thing. I, I was confused a little bit, like, when we were talking about this earlier. Okay. Legendary Pokemon are, in my head, the ones that have a big presentation are either on the box or there's only one of them in the game. Mm -hmm. Now, if we want to get technical... I think there's a differentiator between legendary Pokemon and mythical Pokemon, which I don't know the difference of off the top of my head. I've just always called them legendaries. Um, so to me, by my definition, Suicune, Entei, and Raikou, as well as Lugia and Ho-Oh are legendaries, and they are the legendaries of this game the way in Gen 1, Mewtwo, Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres, and to an extent, Mew are the legendaries of that game. Yeah, okay. So, I encountered two. I caught one. Right. Entei showed up and immediately fled. Yeah. Oh, also Celebi. Celebi in Gen 2. We didn't touch on Did this I at all. Celebi? Celebi was the Pokemon in the Elix Forest. Remember there was the shrine? Oh. How, did I, how could I find that Pokemon? So... I believe one of the trainer tip segments a couple weeks or like early on in the show um, mentioned that back in the day you had to go to a store they would put your Game Boy cartridge of the game in a machine oh. put it, the Pokemon data on there then you can go to the forest and get it um, That's a so you can't I believe get it naturally through the emulator you would have to replicate that process yourself with like a file um, hmm. but in the eShop version on the 3DS, the one I played, that is built in. I didn't go to catch a Celebi, but I have the cap, the capability to. Um, 
But yeah, Celebi is one of the other legendaries. I think the only other legendary in Gen 2. Hmm. So, but yeah, they take a big backseat besides the dogs. Yeah. And that's fine because I don't love using legendaries all that much. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about this throughout the show. Like we both, I think we both kind of follow this way. Like we like sort of training the smaller Pokemon and like leading them up to becoming Hall of Famer Pokemon. Yeah. Lugia so. might be the one exception for me. And again, I didn't mm-hmm. go to catch Lugia either because Lugia, if I went to get Lugia, Lugia is a level 70. And the highest one on my team right now, I think, is level 48. <laughs> so Yeah. Just got to throw a sleep powder or something on it real yeah. quick. Or could use the Master Ball. Forgot about that. True. So. Yeah. So I would imagine that Mewtwo is in the game in the same place that it was. Right? Oh, I in, know in Kanto and Gen 2. I don't know. I've never hmm. uh, gone to the Champion's Cave in any version of Gen 2. So I don't know. Is Mewtwo in the game, though? I, I would assume. Yeah. Because, like, the Master Ball has to be for Mewtwo exclusively. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Um, the Master Ball typically uh, would be saved for the big legendary of the game, right? And mm. in this instance, the big legendary is either Lugia or Ho-Oh. Uh which would be level 70 encounters highest encounters in the game yeah which yes you could save it for me too but say we were playing silver where it was just lugia right it's just lugia and then you find out later on you can go to kanto and all that stuff but Mm -hmm. lugia is the culmination of your wild pokemon encounters in silver so it's like oh if i want lugia level 70 that's real tough i'll use the master ball on it okay so the reason I gave you some difficulty, Gen 1, is because you use the Master Ball on, I believe, Moltres, right? Yeah, one of those. Yeah, so Moltres is, I believe you encounter them at level 50. That's totally mm-hmm. catchable with a different Pokeball. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, like really, see, like how you caught Suicune, right? Like you... If, looking yeah. back on it, if you... Okay, Suicune. <laughs> Suicune was a little more difficult than the average catch. Right, but, like, do you think you would have used a Master Ball in Suicune? Like, you no, probably would have regret that. that, right? Yeah, but I didn't I didn't know that Gen 1. Right, no, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah. it's funny in hindsight, but... Yeah, um, made for good content. <laughs> yes. The, the Master Ball is usually for, like, the... It's weird in this case because Suicune is the box legendary, but the box legendary yeah. is one you'd probably use the Master Ball on. Mm, okay, that's good going forward. Yeah. Going forward. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you have uh, any other closing thoughts on Gen 2, your experience, anything you want to talk about specifically with it to debrief? Sure, yeah. Um, I'll go, and then I want to hear your um, your final thoughts, too, considering like this is your first time like going back. Sure. Um. So I really enjoyed Gen 2. Um, compared to Gen 1, I think I preferred Blue over Crystal because those are the versions I played. Um, just because Blue for me was like an, an entirely new experience and there's like a certain level of nostalgia that I can't separate myself from. Mm-hmm. Um, just like subjectively, I, I just can't do that. Um, but I guess even in terms of like an objective opinion, 
whatever that means. <laughs> um, I think it comes, I think it basically could come down to a matter of preference because they're largely the same game and the same experience, or at least a very similar experience where Crystal, or I guess Gen 2 has made some incremental improvements over Gen 1, but it's nothing that is so astronom astronomically different that it is like, wow, this is an entirely wholly new experience. Because um, it's really not. It is largely more of the same. Um, with that being said, though, I did really enjoy this because for me, it was an opportunity to play through a new Pokemon game with like a new map and a new party um, and to sort of focus more on establishing my party rather than a, a particular Pokemon or two because I was more focused on uh, leveling up and evolving Squirtle and a handful of other Pokemon in Gen 1, whereas this one was more like having a balanced team in terms of types and in terms of level. Um, and I think that was what I took away from it, was that this was like somewhat easier of a, an experience for me because I decided to take that route. And uh, I definitely don't regret doing that. I think that heightened my experience of this. How about you, Christian? After after years, you, you're coming back to this with sure. with uh, the other with sort of other um, generations of Pokemon influencing maybe your opinion about this. So so what do you think about Gen two? So I think Gen two is like I said earlier. It's about the it's not innovation. It's iteration, and Pokemon continues that trend, but I do think when we look at the transition from hardware, that's where the innovation comes in, in terms of the experience overall, I think. And while I think Gen 2 Crystal is a more convenient experience than Pokemon Red, I think there's, some, like, there's something you can't write off about Red being the first one being as strong as, as it is for being the first one. Yes, I have nostalgia for it. It's the first Pokemon game I played, one of the first games I ever played. But, like, it's it, I still think of Red higher than I think of Gold, Silver, or Crystal, I think. And maybe this isn't the fault of Gen 2, but I do think... Well, actually, no, I don't think this is the fault of Gen 1, but Gen 1 is overbearing in Gen 2. I, I mm. thought that going in, I'm thinking that going out. Like, f for worse, I think, they really rely on Gen 1 in a detrimental way. <laughs> like, later generations, yes, there are Gen 1 Pokemon in there. There's Gen 1 fatigue. People are like, oh, enough with the Gen 1 Pokemon already. But the thing is, in the later generations, it's still supported by... A lot of the Pokemon from Gen 2, Gen 3, Gen 4, da 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 And the new ones, where the new ones here, I it's they're in like baffling situations of where you find them. Like Houndour and Houndoom, like why can you only get them when you find Kanto? Like that's so wild to me for one of the best fire types in the game that is not Typhlosion. Like there's choices like that, like they're hiding Pokemon behind certain things. I think there's even still some Gen 2 Pokemon that you haven't seen yet, Jack, that you could only find in Kanto on the replay. Like, I, I found, like, the bear type. Yeah! Isn't he dope? 
Yeah, and that was that was in in Kanto. Yeah, Ursaring is the the first form, and then no, sorry, Teddy Ursa is the first form, and then Ursaring is the big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love love Ursaring, and I completely forgot that I had to get to Kanto to get him on the team. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to use an Ursaring. Like some of the best designs to me at least they were holding out on them and i think that hides what makes gen 2 special because at its core you're right it is a very similar game to gen 1 and some of the gen 2 pokemon i think all the gen 2 designs should be counted as iconic and as classic as the original 150 because they're all great but they just hide them dude and like that's the game's strong point that's what makes gen 2 unique and it's hidden beneath a lot of sameness, I think, which is unfortunate for Gen 2. Yeah, the way I had been describing this earlier on, this um, this series, and now that I have, like, the whole game to look back on, I think this is, like, a for me, in my head, this is a good comparison. Like, going from Arkham Asylum, mm. right, a great establishment of an IP in a video game, to Arkham City, which took that establishment and just heightened it in every aspect possible that is an example of a great sequel building upon the greatness of the original game yes i think this comes nowhere close to that level of comparison because largely it is more of the same and that's fine because it does what the first generation does great and it makes some small improvements but it is largely it's it's similar to how Call of Duties operate. Um, I don't want to make any comparisons, like direct comparisons to that, but like no, I think that's year fair. over year, yeah, it's like year over year there are small incremental improvements, but nothing that ch- changes the formula dramatically. And I'm not saying that the formula of Pokemon should be changed because Gen One they introduced it, and for me as like someone who never played one and then went back last year, like 20 years after it re- released, I was like, this still works and this still like. The functionality of this is great as like a jrpg yeah um so I, I just don't think crystal and gen 2 from gen 1 was the leap i was hoping for mm-hmm. and that's and that's sort of where i fall on it where like i really enjoyed the experience but like i was hoping for a little bit more yeah i'll add this one last thing to the sentiment you just had like with the hindsight of the whole series the formula rarely deviates in extreme ways like ever the formula is still very much gyms there's a story elite four that like at its bare bones structure but the thing is future generations always bring in some really solid new pokemon designs really interesting new world and map designs for at least gen 3 4 can't speak to 5 but yeah uh at its core that adventure is still that adventure but the things that the new generations add and improve upon i think make it feel like a new enough experience where what we're saying right now two didn't do that so yeah i'm saying don't get your hopes up that like things are gonna go (laughs) wild off the chain it's still a pokemon game but like yeah i i think that's a fair criticism yeah i mean like i said like i love the formula i think that's nearly perfect right Mm -hmm. um it's just i think it's the world around it that 
for Crystal was like a little samey for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited, and I, I guess like closing out the show, um, and I guess this season. Do you want to talk briefly on sort of expectations for Gen Three for Emerald, like what to expect, what you you particularly Christian are like looking forward to revisiting? Um, maybe questions you have for me about expectations or what what I you know mm-hmm. think is going to be any different. Yeah, we don't have to go too deep on it, just to like for the sake of you not being super excited and then having to wait a month maybe. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think in relation to the Gen Two experience, um, what I'm looking forward to most is the story because I remember Gen Three having a really interesting um, premise in terms of the rivals and the legendary involvement, the world you're exploring, the Hoenn region. Um, looking forward to revisiting that. Uh, it has some great designs, but for you, I guess, um, what do you think is the biggest leap forward, right? Because we saw two Pokemon games on the same hardware going forward a new generation to the equivalent of a crystal for the Gen 3, right? Because Emerald is the goatee version of Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah, and and real quick, do you think we'll just continue that trend of just hitting the, the goatee version, essentially? Because, like, are there any standout, like, oh, you have to play this version compared to, like, the goatee? I mean, I think to me, like, I played Emerald first. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that more often than not you're fine getting by on the ultimate version like gen 4 platinum i don't know why you would play diamond or pearl over platinum like i don't know because they add content there's new stuff there's a fuller experience so unless people in the comments think i'm wrong which i don't think they would um (laughs) i don't know why given the option you wouldn't go for the one that's the more definitive experience okay but um in terms of emerald you mentioned like the different world mm-hmm. and or the, the different area that you explore and i think that is going to be pretty big for me like considering that johto was connected to kanto the region itself like aesthetically was similar and like yeah. pretty much the same mm-hmm. so i think that added to the aspect of it feeling samey mm-hmm. but if this is a whole new region that is like pretty much divorced from those those two previous regions i'm looking forward to that because to me that that means it will change the characters that you interact with it'll change what the environment looks like um the pokemon of course and just how the world reacts to you um because i think of course when you go to a new region like you can sort of expect that so i think that itself will bring new changes yeah i I think that's a fair expectation um in terms of the hardware jump though like do you think what's the gonna be the biggest thing just visuals like what what are you expecting i think visuals i think presentation will be different um because the presentation like what we've been discussing is largely the same from gen 1 to gen 2 um i'm interested to see that evolution like once you start introducing 3d eventually what does that look like to pokemon Mm -hmm. um because, like, it has its roots, obviously, in the, the 2D, like, very, very basic uh, art style and, like, the limitations of the Game Boy. Um, and then it keeps progressing through different hand- handheld generations, as far as I know. Yeah. So, 
yeah that that'll be interesting to see so like the how the evolution of the the handheld affects the game which i think it will greatly so that'll be interesting all right well i can say this i think your expectations are in a a okay spot <laughs> cool based <laughs> on the memory of gen 3 so nice they're in check so that's good yes i i think i think you won't be disappointed yeah so. i i'm very excited but until then christian where can the people find you uh, you can find me on twitter instagram and twitch at chris and buckley uh, as well as here youtube.com slash joy where uh we have a lot of other podcasts going on jack and i do another podcast excelsior the world's number one marvel's avengers podcast that goes up every saturday i uh, got a couple other shows got videos going up usually every week uh top 10s stuff like that so uh, if you if you enjoy the show and the experience we're here for the ride found the channel because of that uh like we said we're going to be back with more of this but in the meantime we got a lot of other stuff going up that you could check out as well so very cool uh you can find me on social media at fascinated jack um i was just thinking about <laughs> pimping my like playstation and xbox uh usernames but xbox doesn't let you have the amount of characters i need so yeah right shame on you xbox i thought we thought it was 15 apparently it's 12 phil spencer come on man yeah come on phil but yeah social media fascinated jack i'll echo what christian said uh, in terms of excelsior um the number one marvel's avengers podcast uh been leveling up my characters to no end uh i got three in the rotation that are 150 or very close to 150 so we're filling out that party in case we need it yeah you um, laughed me twice <laughs> yeah we're almost getting the captain captain america's at like 147 i'm just waiting for gear to drop so i can level some stuff up nice. but yeah it's been a good time um you will hear more from us soon so keep on the lookout emerald is right around the corner but until then we'll catch you next time <laughs>